Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Coming up on today's Better Together. If you're looking for real perspective, you're not asking the guy or the girl on the bar seat, bar seat next to you because they, they want to validate you, right? Their, their whole purpose is to validate you and the connection that you have together. I think finding someone who has been through this before or who you respect could be your boss, could be a mentor, could be your mom. Like it does, it could be a friend. The parents friend. are hard too because they want to keep you out of pain. Totally. So sometimes they're tricky. Correct. I So I think the best way is to, you got to find multiple pieces of advice and then ultimately you need to decide what you want to do. Um, you shouldn't do something because someone says you should do it some way or shouldn't respond to something because someone says that's how you should respond. I think getting a bunch of inputs, um, you can get inputs from the guy on the bar stool, which will just make you feel better. You can get inputs from your mother who will tell you she'll love you no matter what. And then you or should get my in- mother who always would say, just quit. Um, but I, I think getting get perspective is I important. I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything. Emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me. Maria Menounos. Hello, Heel Squad, Better Together fans. 
It's Better Together with Maria Menounos. And of course, I am not Maria Menounos. I'm Mr. Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, subbing the lovely and talented Maria. Uh, I'm going to start it out with this wonderful quote I have in front of me. This one's, uh, yeah, this one really hits home. Change is the essence of life. Be willing to surrender who you are for what you can become. Change is very hard for many people, but change is inevitable in all of our lives. It is oftentimes what propels us forward. If you initiate change, you will have proactive management over it. And the outcome, therefore, is more likely to be positive. Mm. And of course, that quote is from our guest, Erica Nardini, who runs Barstool, uh, amongst other things, a really good friend of ours. And uh, Erica today is going to talk to us about um, women in the workplace, career, managing, managing anxiety levels, and then I think maybe even like how do we step into this new world that I think is, is, is upon us. Erica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh my! And Ked, you didn't mention we have to say Erica's actually guest host. Oh, she's the guest she host with the most. Our, that's right. I love that's that. right. Wow. She yeah, is. All right, let's go. All mm-hmm. right, Erica, help us through this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you guys are still in the office, though, right? You, you we mean, are. You are. Okay, that's good. So you're 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 living and conducting yourself. Um, are you dealing with any college graduates coming in or do you have, maybe we start with that with somebody who's, I know a lot of kids getting out of school have a ton of anxiety because they're just like, what am I walking into? Totally. It's so hard right now. I mean, you feel bad for the college kids because their college experience, which should be such a fun, you know, like kind of liberating, your brain can go anywhere. You meet all sorts of new people you, you know, you're living away from home. I I think it's hard for college kids because college has become so muted. College is already kind of stressful in the U.S. because it's so expensive. So you've got all of this like money your parents are paying or you're paying. And then, you know, your classes are over Zoom or you can't go to parties. Like I was, someone was showing me, uh, we were on a college campus a couple weeks ago and to get a seat at the bar, you now have to reserve in an app by like 9am that you want a table for three at the bar. Like when I was in college, you just like rolled into the bar, you rolled out of the bar, you rolled to the next bar. So I think, you know, I, I have a lot of empathy for kids in college right now. I think it's also very hard to get an internship and the internship or the job experience is very different because one, it's virtual. Two, there's a lot of uncertainty around companies in terms of what does it look like? Are people hiring? What's your job going to be like? How do you train someone for their job if you're never going to meet them in person? Um, we are hiring interns. We're hiring interns. We're hiring people. Like we're always looking for great talent. We're like the engine that that keeps growing and keeps building. But um, I think it's getting, you know, it's a really competitive time. It people are needing to show what they can do in a job over a video or a Zoom call where you used to be able to do that in person. And as we all know, that's infinitely harder. Um, and then it's getting more difficult to stand out. So I think those are the things that that college kids in particular are really working on. And, and so Erica, what are some of the things you'll, would impress you? So if, if I'm um, trying to uh, to get hired, say, by you, and, and by the way, yeah. not just Barstool, but by you, you know, and it's like, what what do you, what are some tips we can give some of the um, yeah. kids or the parents to their kids? I'd hire you in a heartbeat, Kevin. Oh, thank uh, you, Erica. But uh, I really hire Maria. 
Um, <laughs> but um, I think there's a bunch of things. One is that I, I think one of the great things about the internet is you can learn a lot about most anything and you can, you can direct your interests and your experience. So if you're interested in healthcare, you can follow a bunch of people, you can read a lot, you can really self-educate. And I like people who've taken the initiative to learn a lot about the subject that they're interested in. I think the second thing, you know, we're a creative company, we're a content company. So for people who want a job in front of a camera, there are a lot of people who come to the table and say, I have an idea for this. I have an idea for that. I, I could do this. I could do that. You should hire me for this. It's the people who go ahead and start making those things, which are the people who stand out. Um, I think that, you know, you can weed through a lot of candidates by, by figuring out who's going to put in the effort to showing that they are the right person for a job. If it's a business job, maybe that's writing a business plan. If it's a marketing job, maybe it's giving an example of, you know, how you would differentiate a company's marketing. If it's an editor job or a video producer job, maybe it's producing a bunch of videos. Um, if it's a hosting job, maybe you're showing how you host. But I think the the biggest thing that I think people can do is one, you have to have a lot of persistence. Like one email to a company isn't going to get you a job. Um, but the second thing is you have to put in the work of why is your resume, why are you as a person, why is your experience, why is your brain, your heart, your mouth, your eyes, you name it, like, why are they unique to what that company is trying to do? Excellent. So what are, okay, what are some of the red flags you see that you just go, no, this, this is There's not. There's a lot of red flags. So, you know, um, I probably get a hundred DMs a week, at least a hundred DMs of you should hire me. That literally they will say, you should hire me. You need a form. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Formula one person. You need a finance person. You need a blah, blah, blah. Um, call me. And... <sighs> Like, no offense, like we're busy. Like, why don't you call me or tell me why you're the person who should be ABC, XYZ or one, two, three. So I think one red flag is assuming that it's the hiring manager's job to go find you. The hiring manager is probably hired a recruiter or there's a recruiting part of the company. Like the job is on you to stand out for the people who you want to hire you, not the other way around. 
um, unless you are in like a very skilled profession or you're very sought after. But for for most people, for most of us, like you got to earn the job. Um, I think the second thing is not doing your homework. Uh, one thing, you know, I always find if people will say, I love barstool sports. I, I love, I love barstool sports. And I'll say, what, what do you love about barstool sports? Or what's the last thing you watch? And 80% didn't watch anything and they can't speak to exactly what they loved. So I think just, you know, put the time in to be, to be educated. Um, I think the third is not having a vision for what you would do in, in a position. And it doesn't matter how junior the position is or how ordinary the job is. I think every person can have vision about what they do at work. So you should share what your vision is. And you might not be 100% right, but the idea of having vision about what you do every day, I think says a great deal. And, and, and not having really any opinion or anything to offer is, is I also, I, I think a big red flag. Gotcha. And then when someone makes it to the interview with you, can you give me some of the red flags, which I think will also give us an indication sure. of what we should be doing. Right. But so, so let's say I get to Erica or one of your underlings and yeah. I get, I'm lucky enough to get that zoom interview. Yeah. What are the things you see that you like and that you don't like, or that will keep someone sure. from getting that job? Yeah, I think um, I like energy. I like people who are like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I've done. Um, I think red flags are when people are very flat. I think uh, the second piece of an interview is uh, when people talk over one another. So, you know, I sometimes trip into this. I don't know that I'm a great interviewer, but when you know, when you're interviewing someone to not talk over them, I interviewed this guy for a job as a lawyer, and he just wouldn't let anyone who interviewed him finish their sentence. And everyone observed that he didn't let anyone finish their sentence. So I think that's another one. Um, I think the third is not having any questions. I always at the end of every interview, I'm like, what questions did I not answer? Or what questions do you have for me? Even if I've answered all your questions, you should still have another question. So like have a, always have another question. Um, and can I, so I, I, I want you to keep your next thought, please. With the questions, I've heard, I've had people ask questions that will also get them taken out of consideration. So mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying? So what are some yeah. of the questions not to ask? Because I know people go, great, I've got my questions. But I've had, I know my issues with questions that get asked to me that I go, ooh, red flag. Can you tell me th some of yeah. those? I think, you know, immediately asking how much money the person is going to make is a red flag question. Gotcha. Um, asking how long you would have to be in this job to get promoted to the next job is a red flag question. <laughs> um, asking a question that is extremely ignorant and shows that you've done no research about the company is also a red flag. Now, a candidate can't be expected to know everything and have learned everything. But, you know, um, in my world, Dave Portnoy created Barstool. If someone was like, who's Dave Portnoy? That would be a red flag question. Yes. Yeah. So it's an informed question. An informed question makes a difference. Gotcha. Yeah. I think a lot of the questions that will get me is what you're saying is when the candidate makes it about them. 
Totally. When am, you know, what do I get for time off? How much am I getting paid? What, you know, Correct. What's you, in it for me? What's in it for me? And I think your whole thing is just bring value. You know, yeah. bring value. You know, you'll, you'll, your value will come back. Yeah. Um, okay, Erica, keep going. I'm sorry. No. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think it's really important also to, you know, work to show well. So, you know, you don't have to have a lot of money to interview for a job, but you should look professional. Um, and you should look like you care. Uh, and, and professional is, means different things to different people. It means different things for different jobs. Um, but also, you know, if you're doing an interview over Zoom, I'm actually not a great example of this right now, but, you know, make sure your background is clean. Uh, make sure your kids aren't running around behind you or your roommate is, you know, around or your parents are walking through the background. Like, really try to keep it focused so that the person can just focus on their conversation with you. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is a thank you. And following up with a thank you is really important. Huge. Huge. Yeah, I haven't received many, but the few that I have, I'm like, mm, you know what? All right, I remember you. Yeah, that's right. Same. And by the way, like, I think, you know, showing gratitude along with, because I've also, um, when I start out in the business, let's say I got to meet with a big, um, a big director, a big producer, a big yep. celebrity. I was just like, I just want to say, I'm just so grateful that I even cut, that I made it this far and I got to meet with you. And I thank yeah. you so much for taking your time. Completely. You know? I think being grateful and showing interest, you know, where thank you so much for making the time for me or, you know, wow, I noticed this about the company or tell me a little bit about, you know, this happened in the news. What do you, what does that mean? Like, I think just showing that you're curious really matters. And I also, I agree with you, Kevin, like being grateful for the opportunity to have a conversation. Yes. I think those, that's really important. The other thing I'll say is that it's also equally as important for the person interviewing to show well and for them to show up with their end of the bargain. Oh, because, good. All right. So let's move on to that. So let's move on to, you know, your, your um, mid-level manager or even yep. uh, an employee and you're interviewing somebody. This is great. Maria is a, an excellent person for that. I'm not as great, strong with that. But yep. Maria is, so tell me, I want to hear yeah, the Maria tips. Maria is great at this. So, you know, I think what's great about Maria is Maria has, I think, a vision of what she's looking for. And she understands how to ask the questions to get the answer, to get the answer that she wants um, or the, the, the thing she wants to know. So I think the first thing is you are taking up someone's time um, and both people should realize that, but you're taking up someone's time. So how you show up to the meeting matters. Are you on time? Um, are you focused? Uh, do you, you know, do you have questions about this person's background? Have you taken the time to look at their resume, uh, look at their social media, uh, read a little bit about the company that they're working for? I think those things are very important and it's a sign of respect. And I think it's an indicator of how you will be as an, how you interview is sometimes an indicator of how you will be as a manager. And I think it's really important to recognize that the person interviewing is judging you as much as you're judging them. I also think it's very important to be clear about the job. You know, whenever I interviewed for, for jobs, 
And I could tell that the, you know, you typically interview with more than one person. I could tell if people weren't on the same page about the job, that was a very big red flag. Um, And if people couldn't describe exactly what the job was, that's also a red flag. And then I think the third thing is that sometimes hiring managers tend to like air too much dirty laundry or show too much like company politics in an interview process. So, you know, I remember I was interviewing for a job at BuzzFeed and I could tell that these two groups of people weren't on the same page. And the job that I was interviewing for sat between the two groups. And I remember How aware of you. Oh my goodness. Talk about walking into something that was just going to give you cancer or an ulcer. Totally. I was like, this seems like a nightmare. Like you don't like them. They don't like you. Yeah, but Erica, your awareness. And I think female females have a stronger intuition than men. And I think you have to honor it, which you did. Maria is the same way. I typical dude would be like, what? I don't know. (laughs) Just next thing I know, I'm in the middle of it and going, oh, I hate my life. Mm -hmm. That was so, so an awareness as a candidate to go in and, and observe. Completely. Like you're observing the culture, you're observing someone's management style, you're observing um, the dynamics at play. Um, There's a lot you know, there's a lot that people share, which indicates really good things and can indicate really bad things. Um, and I think as a as a hiring manager, when you're interviewing someone, you want to be thoughtful to what you're projecting about your company and what you are projecting about yourself as a hiring manager. Very interesting. Okay. So now, you know, we get in there and we get the job and... I think it's about bringing, personally, it's about bringing value when you you get that job and you get in there. But I think, I know what was really hard for Maria was the workplace toxicity. And mm-hmm. we're, in, we're in entertainment news, which is like tabloid. So can, totally. you can imagine, that just wasn't who Maria was and it's not yeah. who she is. Um, but we hear from so many friends that they're in these toxic work environments. And I think this next generation coming in, uh, the Gen Zers, um, as much as I think they're better in many ways than the millennials and the Gen Xers, I feel like the their one blind spot is maybe not having as much of the resilience, you yeah. know, that, right? So so they're going to be hypersensitive to what, yeah. so sometimes they're going to think they're in a toxic situation or not, but then other times we know for women and men too, but especially women, there's these toxic work environments. So I, I guess let's take it from... I guess we'll start with the young candidate, the emerging candidate going in, and then let's take it for the person that's already in a toxic situation. So for the the person coming into the job, um, I I would think obviously show up on time and bring value, but maybe take it from there and uh, let me throw some curves at you as we do. Um, I think one, like I'll give- All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused- on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. An example I met with, I just hired a fantastic woman named Olivia. And Olivia and I had a one-on-one today and Olivia came in and said, what's your expectation of me? What, what does success look like for you? Wow. Uh, which was awesome. So yeah. I was like, let's go, Olivia. May you I ask how I mean? old is Olivia? May I ask? She's probably late twenties. Wow. I would say mid, Good mid, Olivia. mid, mid to late twenties. Okay. Um, she had a notebook. She, you know, she had a pen. Yes. She had, she was very clear on what she wanted to get out of the meeting, which I love. And she, that was her question, which was what, what does success look like for you, for me? And I thought that was a great way to start because then I was able to share with her, here's what I'm trying to get to. Here's how I'd like us to work together on it. Um, Here's what I don't want you to do. Um, here are the pitfalls you should be aware of. Here is how I would love for you to resolve challenges as they come up. Like it just was a really great way to enter the conversation of what do you expect from me? Like, what do you, what do you want out of this? And then how do we get to that place together? It made us, you know, I think in any work environment, when you're with a team, when you're on a team with someone, it makes all the all the difference. You and Maria are a team. Mm-hmm. And when you're on a team with someone, if you have a good team, a team shouldn't be toxic. You're both, you have different skills, you have different positions, you're working towards the same goal. So, so that I think is really important. Um, I think the second thing that's really important when you join a job is just to listen and to learn. So the more people you can talk to, the more perspectives that you can gather, um, you know, you'll, you'll file some, no company is perfect. No manager is perfect. No person is perfect. So you're going to file some things away of like, Ooh, that's weird. Or mm, that guy seems like a jerk or Ooh, I don't like that, but I love this. And this person is interesting and they seem like they could be an ally for me. So I think the more you can listen at the beginning, um, the better off you will be. And then I also think it really, you know, we hired another guy, a great guy named Edwin and Edwin, you know, two weeks into his job made a PowerPoint of here's everything I've learned. Here's what I think we're doing great. Here's where I think an opportunity is. And here's, you know, here's some things that aren't, and he was very gracious with, you know, I was like, oh, these are things we suck at. And he was like, well, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, here are some things you could get better at. I really appreciated that because it takes courage. It also shows that he was thoughtful and he listened and he has a vision for his job. So I think those things are really important. You know, and it's funny because in a toxic work environment, um, Ed, the Edwins of the world, and, and I, God, I hate to say it, it, let's say it was Olivia who did that. In the toxic work environment, it's either, wait, who are you to tell us we suck? One or two, this this mofo is going to take my job. So I must destroy this person. Correct. 
Yeah, toxic work, you know, I think there's two things. Toxic workplaces and insecure managers are a disaster. Like, oh my God. I mean, I remember being like kind of early in my career. I had this manager. I hated her. She sucked. She, and she probably thought I sucked, but you know, she, she wasn't, she did, she was a person who was good at managing up. She was not good at managing down. And once you got beneath the surface, you saw that there really wasn't that much depth there. And she was just trying to cover everything, take people's work, trying to look good versus do good and be good, you know? Um, But there's a, Erica, there's, I've seen so much of that in corporate. It's what you just said. It's, it's create the appearance of I'm working hard versus working hard. Totally. Totally. And I think the people who are focused on the appearance of working hard versus working hard create toxicity because Mm. then it's just, it's a shell game. And it's also, they're so insecure about being exposed that they've got to kill any threat. Right. And, and that is a really hard place. If you're, you know, let's say like Maria, where you want to work hard, like you're there to work, you want to do something. I think it's also hard when you're blunt, which Maria is, I'm very blunt. Like, so it created a lot of tension for me in that relationship because I didn't like my work being taken. I didn't like her work ethic. Probably were, you were probably being misrepresented. Totally. Because she saw who you were. So it's like, Erica's not doing anything. You know, Erica's mailing it, whatever. Totally. So I think, you know, I, I, the other thing I think that you've always got to look out for when you're interviewing or you're joining a job is, you know, are there too many people working here? I think that's sometimes something you can get a feel for. I remember being, I have Ooh, had a lot of corporate jobs. So aware, and, Erica. Yes, because I know, I remember at certain networks, too many people. Too many people. So not enough work to do. And so guess what? We, we As we learned yesterday from Nick Vial from The Bachelor, he said uh, bo- there was a study about boredom. People will choose uh, pain over boredom. So when there's not enough work, they're bored. And so what are they going to do? They're going to get into mischief and trouble and toxicity. Continue. I digress, Erica. You're just, no, you're just striking I, all sorts of chords page. with me. No, yeah. I'm on the same page. So I remember taking a job. And I got into it and I was like, ooh, there's just way too many people here. There's not enough work to be done. And then it creates, look, when you can go to work and instead of doing work, you can gossip with your two friends at work all day and then gossip with the two other friends. And that's not healthy and it's not productive. And I don't think it's good for people because then you end up, you know, what did you do at work? You just gossiped all day. Like, I think there's a lot of jobs which is why I like startups and why I like entrepreneurs, which is you have to work very hard as a startup in a startup. When I got to Barstool Sports, there was 12 people. We worked our ass off because there was too much work and not enough people. And I'm, I'm always a manager that likes a little bit too much work and not enough people because it keeps everyone really busy. Now that can go awry and that's gone awry for me, but. Um, yeah, me too. But I also feel the same way. Do you do? But yeah. I don't want to be in a place where, you know, one, it's just not really healthy and it it makes the norm. The norm becomes bitching about the company, bitching about your coworkers, bitch, you know, inertia. And it's like, if you're, life is short. 
as you guys know, like life is so short. We get one great chance at this thing. So for me, if I'm going to spend all day at work, which I do, I want it to feel motivating and fulfilling. And I recognize that like, I'm part of that equation. I got to show up and be positive. I've got to show up and do something. I've got to show up and work hard. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think it's really important for people to recognize inertia. I think being understanding of inertia and being resilient also kind of go together. One thing that I think is very dangerous right now with, you know, uh, younger people sounds strange to say, but like, you know, some days work sucks and some days you're going to get feedback that you didn't do a good job. And what I see happening a lot is people don't want any feedback or they only want positive feedback. Mm. And there's, you know, what's happening right now at work is that there's becoming this thing of like, you didn't do a good job equals toxic. And that's actually not true. Like toxic is negative. It's harassing. It's, it's grinding. It's grading. It's demeaning. Hearing from your boss that you did a bad job on a project is development. And I think the risk for people who don't want any negative feed, who don't want any critical feedback, and sometimes that feedback can be negative, people who don't want that are not going to be made better. And that is, I think, a question every person has to ask themselves at work and in, frankly, probably anything is, do you want to get better? Like, do you want to be more than you are today? If the answer is yes, then the best way for you to get there is to learn from the best, be with the best, get feedback from the best, and to, to go on your journey. If you don't want all that, then that's where kind of like the corporate thing, you know, then go someplace and hide and get the best paycheck you can. Go live in that. your parents' basement. Yes. Totally. I just get that. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think pain is, you know, you, we grow, you know, through pain you know, from childbirth on. And, totally. I, and, and I think that, you know, it's going in with that mindset. Erin Brockovich was on the show and she said, you know, go into, go into your career like you're playing professional football. You're, someone's going to try and stop you from getting over. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. The goal line, you're going to get hit. But you have to have that mindset. Um, I love that idea of, of develop, you know, looking at it as development versus toxicity. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I think there is a knee jerk now. Um, but I think knowing for uh, emerging people going in there, knowing that it's going to be tough 
mm-hmm. and you you know when you go to the gym and you work out because you want to get in shape, it's pain. You know, so everything is like that. And most people do want, most people, if you say, do you want to be better? I mean, you have to be a whole other kind of person. Go, no, most people are going to say, yes. Well, this is what, unfortunately, we can only lower the bar so much. Yeah. You know, I always say to people, like, if there's an easy, pain-free way in Hollywood to make it as I coach celebrities and stuff, tell me. Yeah. Like, I want to know so I can help other people, but sure. I don't know that way. I only yep. know it's the most competitive business in the world. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to like play smart, be aware. And that's what I keep hearing too, is like, you have such an awareness, Erica, that was beyond your years. And I feel like what the younger generation can do, because they are so much more aware than our generations were, use that, use that well, awareness, but don't use it to the detriment, you know, of, yeah. of seeing things that maybe aren't there. But I love that about your development versus toxicity. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, our, you know, unfortunately, I think our generation has to, uh, we have to change a little bit in terms of how we communicate. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, I used to say it after, but I was like, listen, I don't, I can't re-raise a person from 22 years, however their teachers and parents raise them. So I can't go at them and say, listen, here's all the problems. This is all the mistakes you made. I have to say, listen, here are all the positives. Yeah. And here are the, but here are the blind spots. But if we, the good news is if we can fix these, we can get, yeah, we're great. we can, you can go way next level. Yeah. And I think as a manager, I always, for me, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. I, I always say I only deal with what is because a lot of the kids I worked with were programmed to just be all about themselves. Mm-hmm. I would have to take the time and I didn't mind doing it, explaining to them what, the value for them personally, uh, you know, fixing these blind spots or, you know, how it will affect them personally, how they will achieve more. And then they would hear it. Mm-hmm. It was never enough to say, well, this is really bad for the company. This is really bad That's for your co-worker. It'd be like, huh, what? What's that have to yeah. do with me? But when yeah. I say, well, here's what it does have to do with you. Yeah. And if you can, you know, if you can learn how to leap these hurdles, man, world's going to be yours. And then I, then I got them. You That's know. right. Yeah. I think the other thing is that not every generation values the same thing. Like, I think one of the great things about being in your early 20s or mid 20s is you value your life much more. Like, yeah. my generation was like, work, 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 work. Yes. If you yep. work more, you make more money, you can buy stuff. Like, that's the conditioning of yes. older generations mm-hmm. now. Younger generations are like, I don't, I don't really know that I want a corner office. I don't really know I want to work that hard. I'd rather have a great life. And I think those are also really great things. Um, And I kind of, I think the magic is probably somewhere in the middle. Yes, I agree. And I like that about them because why, why maybe like die at 55, you know, and, and I love that they're much more about life experience than they are. The, the disconnect is, you know, us trying to force our way onto them. That's a problem. We have to accept that. And mm-hmm. by the way, kind of see the logic of it. It does make sense. Mm-hmm. Then what we need from them is to say, okay, then you're not getting the second house, the nice yeah, car, right. the yacht, yeah, the Prada bag. You're right. That, and don't be mad. It, you know, yeah. so so that's, you know, again, but again, it comes to that awareness, mm-hmm. which you had and still have, and the self-awareness to say, you know, 
It's not what I want. I always say on this show, I have a, my best friend from college, and uh, he was out of work one time. He works in banking. I'm picking up the call. I know the VP of B, B of A. I got no. this one, that one. I'm making all these moves. And he kept, kept, kept. He goes, but listen, he goes, I'm going to get another job. He's like, but to be honest, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll get another job because I'm good at what I do. I have great recommendations. He's like, but, um, you know, I'm just, I'm not about that. He's like, I'm about my two daughters. He's yeah. like, I want to work till six every night. Yeah. I want to go home and be with them. My kids. And yeah. I, I'm like, you know what? Amen. And wow, you're my hero. And he knows. So he, yeah. but he's also the one, he's one of the few friends that I can go, Raz, check out this Trans Am I got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I can say to him, I got this other house I'm looking at. Yeah. He's like, that's great, yeah. Kev, because he's not yeah, jealous he's or envious. That's right. He's happy with him. And, yep. you know, so, so that's, that's the tricky part is having that self-awareness to say, eh, it's not really, I don't really it's want that. That's right. Yeah. You always said something really great when we were working together where you would mentor all these hosts and you would say that the thing that they find to be the worst thing in their life ends up kind of being the best thing in their life at that moment. They don't know it. And I think with Erica's self-awareness, I'd really love to know, Erica, what are some of the questions that you ask yourself or is there an exercise when you're in those situations where you're overly stressed and you want to kind of get a third person view of, you know, what is the situation? Is it actually toxic or is it something that, you know, I'm kind of viewing in a mixed perception? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think um, every person should have sounding boards and different people offer you different things. I had lunch with a girlfriend yesterday who's going through kind of a tough time at work. She thought she was going to get something that she didn't end up getting. And the communication of it wasn't great. And, you know, she was ready to go in, go in today and have guns blazing and mm. screw you, blah, blah, blah. No, and no, I was no. like, well, maybe we, maybe we think about it a little bit differently. Um, because just being on the other side of that, sometimes the cookie doesn't crumble your way. And sometimes you don't get what you want, but that doesn't mean you take your toy, you know, I'm mixing right, and you're also and reacting. You're not responding. Right, so, so now you right, go into exactly. territory. Where I say you're a double loser. Right. So they already beat you once. Now correct. you go in with your torch and light the bridge on fire. Now we're we've undermined all the great things we did at the company all this correct. time. Correct. Correct. So it's like you got to be you got to play the long game on that. Um, but so here here's what I would say. I think it's very easy to ask for advice from people who think or act just like you your roommates, your best friends, whatever, um, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, people who are like, yeah, you're totally right. Oh. You're totally right. So Erica, you're not going to, this, this quote is not a quotable for certainly for bars to sports. But one of my things I'll always say when I speak is, um, the person on the bar stool next to you, your friend on the bar stool next to you, um, any advice they give you is based on one thing, keeping you on that bar stool next right. to them. Correct. That's exactly right. So if you're looking for real perspective, you're not asking the guy or the girl on the bar seat, bar seat next to you because they, they want to validate you, right? Their, their whole purpose is to validate you and the connection that you have together. I think finding someone who has been through this before or who you respect could be your boss, could be a mentor, could be your mom, like, it does. It could be a friend. The parents friend. are hard too because they want to keep you out of pain. Totally. So sometimes they're tricky. 
Correct. I So I think the best way is to, you got to find multiple pieces of advice and then ultimately you need to decide what you want to do. Um, you shouldn't do something because someone says you should do it some way or shouldn't respond to something because someone says that's how you should respond. I think getting a bunch of inputs, um, you can get inputs from the guy on the bar stool, which will just make you feel better. You can get inputs from your mother who will tell you she'll love you no matter what. And then you should get my in- mother who always would say, just quit. Yeah, <laughs> that was literally my mother. Would, <laughs> that was her advice with everything. Just quit. Totally. <laughs> like, no, mom. That advice, you know? <laughs> um, but I think getting perspective is important. Um, you know, one of the things we've done is um, we've created this Facebook group. Um, we've created two groups. One is like a college network called Work Like a Girl where women are connecting with women in college are connecting with one another about like what it's like to get into the workforce and jobs after school and being a student athlete. Like, and so women who aren't, don't know each other personally, but know each other on the internet can talk about what's happening at work. We have a Facebook group where people are talking about all sorts of career advice and career opportunities. So I think things like that will give you also perspective Mm -hmm. from a bunch of different people um, and then ultimately you just got, have to have your plan and to see your plan through. Okay. And so now, um, help us navigate through the toxic, a true toxic work environment. So I, I think it's, we figure out whether this is developmental. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Uh, Feedback we're getting or we're in a toxic situation. But now Mm. we're in that toxic situation and we've got that manager or coworker who's gunning for us. And because I I think with most of the people that listen to our show, they all want to be better. So these are people who are like, they're playing by the rules. They're working hard. Yeah. They're, they're, they're honest. They're ethical. They want to be good human beings, good moms, good wives, good sisters, friends, uh, and want to succeed. And then we know that there's those other people out there that see that and go, oh, hell no. I'm, mm-hmm. uh-uh, that's going to, she's, she's going to take my spot. And um, what do we, what do we do to navigate that? That's. Yeah. Yep. So I think there's varying degrees of toxicity, obviously. Yes. Um, I think you, if, if you're on your second or third toxic job, then you should be thinking about what's toxic in this situation, which I think is just, you got to check yourself on that a little bit. 
let's say the job is really toxic and there are a lot of jobs that are and a lot of environments to what you've talked about, Kevin, which are extremely toxic. I mean, like, I can't even believe some of these people are still working for the things that they've done. Oh, and, and, and even if statistically, there's a couple of staffs that um, have so much cancer and brain mm-hmm. tumors and even deaths and no one has looked into it from totally. the environments. Mm-hmm. Completely. I think being in a toxic environment and swallowing it is one of the worst things you mm-hmm. can do. So personally, I would leave. And, you know, it's not always that easy. Right. Um, one thing that I always do did, and I give other people the advice to do, is if you're in a toxic environment and you can't make it better, right? You can't, um, you can't, you know, move to a different job, or it's just the environment at large. There's nothing you as an individual can do. Um, I always put a date in my calendar that is, let's say, two to three months out. And, or I do one, one date a month out, a two months out, three months out. Um, The three month out date is get a new job. The one month out date is what have I done to get a new job? And the two month out is how many jobs am I, how many people am I talking to? How many jobs have I applied for? How many, you know, so it just keep it, it gets you out of the negativity of what's happening today. And it gives you a goal of being someplace else. Gotcha. No. And, but here's what's scary. So Erica, like, let's say I'm only at a job three months. I know for me, the red flag on a lot of young people's resumes is when I see 18 jobs in a six month period. Totally. And then when I see someone who's worked, who hung in at at least a year, but even a year is sketchy to me. But when I see, you know, two solid years or more, I go, no, this person's. Mm -hmm. So I, I, so sometimes it's hard because leaving, you know, is leaving not an option. Right. I think that that's, this is what's discouraging because what, you're, I agree with what you're saying is I say, we used to say, let's start digging the escape tunnel. <laughs> That's what I would, I would like, Same you, thing. you know, and so we would do that. But um, because sometimes there are just certain people that, you know, you're going to say left, they say, right. I mean, just, there's no way. Completely. Um, it, right. And I hate that because I don't believe I'm trying to be a positive person to see what we can do. But, but before we get, there. What advice do you have? Do you, do you try to talk to these people and communicate yeah. with them? Can you give me, just give me yeah. some hope? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's good to always have a conversation and it's kind of like, I learned it in like skills for adolescents. It's like when you, I feel because, um, Ooh, ooh what is this? It's, <laughs> it's I'm writing this when, down. So when you, when you blah, 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 it makes me feel blah, 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 because it makes me blah, blah, blah. So I think it's always good to try to have a conversation and to try to mitigate the situation or mediate the situation. Um, if that doesn't work, I think it's always important to use your voice and to say to your manager, hey, I am in a toxic This is a to- Now, maybe it's your manager who's toxic. In which case, like, you know, there is there an HR person? Yeah. Do you have someone else in your group? Because sometimes the manager, like, says, okay, noted. Now you're even a bigger threat to me. Correct. Yes. Which is hard. <sighs> so I don't know that I have the perfect answer no, for that. No, I don't. I, can I just give a moment of empathy for women? 
When yeah. I no, because when I was at MTV, um, I got hired to for a show called Singled Out, and mm-hmm. I noticed in my contract when I got it, like, wait, you're um, you're only on for eight weeks. I'm like, but the show runs for I don't know how many months. Months it was, and um, it turned out the one guy, the the head writer at the time. He was a failed stand-up comic who was booed off stage in Boston. Hmm. So, and probably then I had a thicker Boston accent. So he was like, I, love I, don't, I don't care who hired you. And I don't get, he didn't say this to me, not mind you. But he was just like, I hate you and I want you out of here. Ooh. So for those six, those eight weeks, no matter what I pitched, no matter what joke, situation, sketch. It didn't matter. No, he was like, and to a point, he's like, you can't talk to Chris Harwick or Jenny McCarthy. You have to sit over in the corner. And um, I just was like, this is my dream to work at MTV. Mm-hmm. And he pinned me down a lot. And um, I just kept every day seeing weaknesses on the show and then bringing value in those areas. And so little by little, I was impressing producers and people around him. And um, his like underling... I think we were at a big pitch meeting and the talent was there, Chris Hardwick and Jenny McCarthy. And um, he was just, you know, because comedy writers have these little zingers, you know, and I, I'm a comedy writer too, but I just don't use that. I don't use that wit to tear somebody down. That's, you know, anyway, it's like two or three times just really undermined, undermined, and then really cut me hard. Yep. But see, when you're a guy... You can just follow him to the men's room yeah, and just say, listen, enough now. Okay. Yeah. I'm like enough because you know what? You're, you, you're using your weapons. Well, I have mine. And he knew what I meant. My mm-hmm. two fists. And I said, and I've had enough. Yeah. I'm done. And, and I'm like, you know, so, you know, who knows back then, but even still I had so much on him, but that's what a guy can do. Yeah, and you know what it was like and you know the irony was eventually i brought so much value not only did i get the year contract they they fired him and hired me i'm sure and i and i remember saying to him you know i never wanted this i wanted to support you i would i wanted to help you and and i didn't want you know but a guy can do that and it's harder for a female and it makes me feel terrible yeah. Be, you know, 20 years. And by the way, it's not because I'm such an involved male. No, 20 years of seeing Maria deal with this. And no matter, just like all I could give her advice, Maria, keep bringing more value. Mm-hmm. And the more value she brought, the more they tortured her. Totally. That was like the irony. Yeah. It was because, so I, it's a, that's a tough one. I love the idea. I'm sorry, because I go to the escape tunnel too. The, I, I love the three month plan of like, you know what? And, and, and get, you know, the other thing too is with when it comes to awareness, like get with your people, mm-hmm. right? Like get with people that are that share your values, your goals. I mean, does that make sense, Erica? And again, now I'm going too far out because I've never had to be in this position. No, I agree with that. I, it, you know, everybody has their people. And ideally, when you join a job or you go work at a place, like you were saying, like you, imp- you impressed all the other producers. Yes. They became your people. And... Mm-hmm. You know what? That's a great thing. Um, and I think, you know, the more you can gather your people or no job is perfect. Right. So yeah. the more you can have your people and hopefully your people are positive and your people want to help you move forward, 
through something and they too want to move forward. I think if you surround yourself with, you know, it's all about who you surround yourself with. And if you surround yourself with people who you think have good values or share the same principles you do and have the same, same ambition and want to have a little fun or have great senses of humor or whatever that may be, that just makes it so much more fun. And it also makes it that much more meaningful. And maybe your boss isn't your person, or maybe the producer guy you work for is an asshole. But if you gather your people, you ultimately in the end will be successful. Mm -hmm. And I think if you find yourself in a job where you don't have any people, then you should not be in that job. Yes. Yeah. Again, awareness, my generation, no, in a male, no awareness. Just, oh yeah, cool job, good salary. I'm in. (laughs) Just never taking the time. So then- Can, can so I know we don't have you for too much longer, but now can you help us with anxiety? Because sure. your everyone seems riddled with it, but I feel like it's crippling. It's at a point. It's crippling people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think everyone has moments where they're overwhelmed and anxious. Like there's things that happen that you do that you wish you hadn't done. There's things that are happen outside of your control. I think COVID and the pandemic has made people so isolated that it just, that voice inside of your brain that says you can't do it, or you're not good enough, or you're worried, or you're fearful, or you're paranoid about other people, that voice has just gotten so much louder. Um, And I think that that's really hard. And I think that, you know, I don't have... I don't have any great solution for anxiety. I think the first thing is to acknowledge that, you know, everyone feels anxious at some point in time every day. Um, And, you know, it's all about, can you quiet the negative voice in your head and can you do things that help build you up and surround yourself with people who support you and love you and, you know, want the best for you. Um, and then it's, you know, to, to try to find connection wherever you can and to appreciate and be grateful for that connection that you can get. Um, you know, there's some statistic that like a lot of people's happiness is based on like random interactions. So like when you go to Starbucks and you're nice to the guy at the counter and the woman gives you your coffee and you say, thank you and smile at her. And she says, you're welcome and smiles back at you. Like that helps you feel better. Um, so just embracing those moments, I also think is really important. And then, you know, trying to do one thing for yourself every day that just makes you feel good. Um, I, love I think that. that's I important. And okay. So there is one more thing that just came to my brain and this is a big one. I was just telling Kelsey about this negotiations. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that there is a level of sophistication, especially with 20th century negotiations that regular people are not prepared for yeah. and we are just lemmings and we walk into, I forget, was it you Kelsey who was negotiating something or I was explaining mm-hmm. to you, you explained, a yeah. process of, a, you know, how hard skilled negotiators mm-hmm. will negotiate salaries yeah. and it's just a game and a joke to them yeah. and it's your life and the techniques they employ, we're not aware of mm-hmm. and, um, and we get sucked into it. And, and, and now I'm at a point that if I'm not in a 21st century negotiation, which is getting to yes, the Harvard study, where both sides are like, this is what I want. I value what I want, but I also value what you want. Let's yep. see where we can find the middle. But if I'm in a 20th century negotiation, which unfortunately Hollywood is still stuck in that, 
I just now walk away. There was a yeah. deal Maria had and it just kept going and going and going. And I just said, Maria, no, out. And then the person's like, no, 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 wait, wait. I'm like, no, I'm no. out. I, you you just want a zero sum gain. And um, I'll do a zero sum gain in terms of if I know the greater good, if there's a greater yeah. thing, which I, ju- I did one for five years and it, I ended up getting a ton out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you tell the regular person who wants to go in and ask for that raise how to go about doing it or how to negotiate a salary? And I don't mean a first timer because I think there needs to be humility, humility involved with that maybe because it's a first time salary. But I feel like for civilians, for middle class people or, or lower who don't have parents in business who didn't study this, we just walk in blind and get slaughtered. Totally. I was, I'm the same way. Like, I don't think I'm great at that either. And I had to kind of figure it out on my way and learn from a lot of mistakes, to be honest with you. So um, I think the biggest thing is if you're going in to ask for money, um, I think the biggest thing in, the, in a negotiation is to understand what you want and to feel like the person on the other side of the table values that same thing. So in the case of asking for a raise, does your boss value what you do? Um, do you have quantifiable evidence of what you have done for your company? And, you know, have you, have you gone above and beyond what your scope or your job is? Do you have the best attitude at your job? Are you the most productive? Have you invented a new way to do whatever it is you do? Um, are your partners really satisfied? Do your peers feel better when you're involved? Um, when I think when you go ask for more money, uh, and women in particular struggle with this, yep. um, aim high, go in with confidence, and go in knowing your worth in that what you have contributed to that company. Um, it's, there's a, there's a lot of research that show that men get paid on potential and women get paid on performance, which always keeps women kind of toiling versus like betting on the upside of, of someone. So, you know, I, I struggle to break that myself. Um, but I do think when you are going into, you know, get more value, it's, Hey, here's what I've done here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to have a conversation with you about yes. the value of that and how I can move from being where I am today to here's my goal. And your manager isn't always going to come back and be like, oh yeah, here's a blank check. You got your number. They may say, hey, I can get you half of the way there. Or actually, I don't think you're doing above and beyond everybody else. I don't think you're crushing it. Um, you got to be open to that conversation too. Um, and by the way, and that's an indicator that maybe it's time to move on. If in fact you are doing the things that you said, now, by the way, and I love what you outlined because what you outlined is also, you know, does the boss value what you do present quantifiable evidence? Um, have you gone above and beyond? Are you positive with your peers? Have you created, have you been inventive? But these are things you can be doing to get that raise as well. Correct. So which Correct. I love. And I think if, if you get the answer of like, you're not doing much then really take, uh, which I used to get all the time, but the, for the 20th century boss who's playing that game with you, like totally. you're not really that good. Or mm, mm-hmm. actually we have a lot of, there's a lot you could work on and it's just a game to them. Because, yeah. But know that you're being played. If you really know yeah. in your heart, you do. then you know what? You got to go somewhere else. But I also love 
that in that negotiation, you present everything you've done, but then you tease them, which I love what you just offered was, and by the way, in the future, here's the upside. These are all the other things I'm going to be doing. So now the guy goes, you know what? I'm not only rewarding, but I'm investing and I'm going to get even more back for this. And, and, and if it's a decent boss and they don't have the money, at least now you, you're on their radar. Yeah, that's right. To know they have to come up with something. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think it's really a tragedy about performance versus potential men being, us betting on potential with men and performance with women. And I will tell you, um, of all the ridiculous raises I've been asked for, it's always been the men. And I will tell you on three different occasions, it's been, Steven's going to laugh because he's my producer, but um, Steven knows some people have come to me like, I want to talk about my raise. I'm like, really? Because I want to talk about firing you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, like the three people have come to me. It's like, well, I'm actually looking to get rid of you. So this is totally, you know, but the women, no. And, and, and they've, yes, you, I think, um, you know, if you can manage the anxiety, you can put together the presentation, do all the steps Eric is saying, you know, and be honest, if you really are doing all that, walk in, be aware, hear what the manager's saying. I think that's the thing. Now, Erica, do you, is this kind of sometimes, I think, do you, if, if you, if you shoot too high with the money, you can offend the boss too, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you can be preposterous, right? Of like, I want to make a million dollars or I want to make, and that also can be a turnoff. Um, so I think you want to say, you know, Hey, um, here's where I'm at. I've done some research on here's what my peers make, or here's what people mm -hmm. in the industry. Quantifiable. Do. Like you said, quantifiable evidence. Like, here's what I think people are making mm -hmm. around me. Um, I'd like to understand, you know, I think I am worth that. Here are all the things I'm going to do. I'd like to understand, you know, I'd like to understand how I can get to this number. And right. that way you can put a big number because you're, you're wanting to understand how, yes. how do I get to that number? Love it. Erica. So I don't want to keep you any longer. I think this has been incredibly valuable and I'm so grateful. We have someone like you in the workplace and especially at such a huge company with so many influencers and God, there's a whole other discussion, which maybe we'll do in our follow-up about, cause you work with a lot of men. So mm -hmm. it's like managing that, but then managing women. Yeah is 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 a different uh yep. thing i think we're better together to be honest i love a, a diverse staff you know i think totally. we, so but erica um i know your podcast is every week right you guys yep. you, right yep. so so you can get this from erica uh every week and a lot of fun too um erica we are going to stay in touch for Great. sure and give uh, my love to maria i will and we'll yeah we'll we'll be in touch and um yeah, I have some stuff I want to run by you. So. Okay, great. Kelsey, where do we find Erica? We can find Erica. So her podcast is called, excuse me, excuse me, The Token CEO. Genius. It's amazing. It's a really, really good show. Maria was on the other month. Um, they're awesome. She's awesome. So that's on Apple Podcasts. And then Erica's Instagram handle is E-K-A-N-A-R-D-I-N-I. -I. So... E K A. So Kelsey, as a as a um, as a emerging uh, career girl, woman, what was your thoughts? I wanted to hear. I like. I just wanted to keep listening to her for forever. 
because yeah. I wish that <laughs> I wish that I would have had that advice when I was in some of my previous work situations. And but you know, you're so young mm-hmm. that it was moot. What's that mean? Meaning, like it, it matter? It wouldn't matter. Ah. It wouldn't have mattered because. You worked for the very person that would be like, I just have to get out of here. No, you're right. And, but it was too early to dig the escape tunnel. Truly. You did it all right. That's why you ended up here. No, and I think I know I I did. But now you know, now that you're working on a more sophisticated Mm -hmm. level, Mm -hmm. these are things to be. And having these tools. She was amazing. Like that entire show. I mean, holy cow, for kids coming out of college, like, I have so much empathy for you guys. Like, I feel so badly, but I wish I could, like, sit, and I will, send the show to every single one of you. I yeah. mean, she gave the freaking playbook. The playbook, but I think also even other people in the workplace, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think she's she's absolutely right on a lot of, like, kind of the, the in-trendy opinions from your peers coming out of college are very dangerous to have right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people hate unpaid internships. People saying that any negative feedback is toxic. Like we having people come out of college with those beliefs in mind is yeah. going to not mm-hmm. set them no, up for success. No, listen, block them out. You just do you, as the kids yeah. say. <laughs> no, really, focus on you, your career, what's good for you. Get in, however you can get in yeah, ethically. But yeah. if any like powerful platform or amazing job or whatever, just I I was always big on just get me in the game. Mm-hmm. Just give me a crack. Just, just get yeah. me in the game. Whatever it's going to take. Whatever I. I'll work for free. I'll pay to work. Um, I've done it all, and I still do. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's blocking out the friends on uh, you know on the, who who have different beliefs. I think I love the idea of seeing the difference between developmental criticism and toxicity. Yes. That's a big one. Yes. That's a big one. I think we now that we're. And having the awareness to be able the to awareness. like sort between, okay, That's, am I just being sensitive or is that actually really shitty? Oh, I think no, awareness that, no. is so big, period, Kelsey. Agreed. So you're aware of your environment you're in. You're aware of your mm-hmm. boss. You're aware of your value. You're aware mm-hmm. where your weaknesses are. Like I I never went into these things aware, and I don't think you did either. Mm-mm. You just kind of floated in, right, with a big 100%. smile. Well, and like Erica was saying, I mean, I feel like, again, some of these past things that I've gone through, which again, I actually wouldn't change because I'm where I'm at now. But if I was more aware, I guarantee I would have seen red flags, you know, Mm -hmm. guarantee it. And again, that's something that you have to, when you see it, determine if it's worth it or not. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, at least you're aware of it and you can kind of prep yourself going in versus being blindsided. Cause I think that's the worst. I mean, for me, like the big realization I had, Kev, you were talking about, you know, the people asking for a raise. Well, actually, I was going to fire you, right? Yeah, you know, like (laughs) we've dealt with it, Steven. That's crazy. Yeah, but for me, I like I have a realization. I've worked for you for eight years and I've never had to ask for a raise. Never had to ask for a raise. Every raise I've asked for from you was for somebody else. (laughs) And every single time, you know, if I look at the questions she said to ask yourself, like, have you changed the game? Have you updated things? Have you made things in a new way? And I'm like, I did all those you things, but then they talk right. about all the people that I got raises for. But that's they, a that's a good one point. One of them, one of them. You did all those that's things. That's a but, good point, Stephen, because it's like but if that's you... as a manager, you now I will say as a manager, I've been aware. I was not aware as an employee, but mm-hmm. as a manager, I'm always and you see here Kelsey, and I always have to explain to Maria, like, you bet your ass I'm concerned with Kelsey's health. You bet your ass right. uh, your power everybody who's around us, uh, I'm very aware, but then also like, hey, this person's time 
they're, they're, they're so dedicated, they're killing it. We have to figure out something right. financially right. more. And so I think it's, it's, if you're aware as a manager seeing ahead, and the great ones do, they'll see ahead and go, before you even ask for your raise, it's, yeah, here you go. Right. But here that's how go. it should be. That's how it should yeah. be. Yeah. And it's and, like you and, said, and by on the way, and then ends. sometimes people get overwhelmed, especially managers. Over, I get totally. it. And that's where you kind of have to do the plight tap on the shoulder yeah, saying, yeah. listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm here. Yeah. And uh, this is what I want. And um, I, going off that, Kev, too, I think um, something that's really important, and you jumped in and talked about it because you always talk to me about this, is she talked about having your soundboard, right? Your soundboard and really making your sure. Your challenge network. Who gave us that? Adam Grant. Adam Grant. You Our... have to really look at those people who you Guys. are taking advice from. Really take a hard look at that. Ooh. And it's like, do I want to be them? How do many I times, wanna... Stephen, do we see that? They get oh the God. advice from the people on the bar stool like what are you doing yeah oh but this one said this i'm like, like what why would you it's take it echo chamber uh-huh i mean one of our friends hadn't worked you know really got had a didn't have any experience for the job she was taking and was just lucky to be hired mm. very base salary mm-hmm. and the friends were already saying no 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 you're supposed to get a hundred something thousand a year for that job mm-hmm and I was like, well, everyone get out of her head. She's never done this job before. Like we're literally oh, talking yeah. about going from, yeah. you know, being, a, you know, working at a trophy store to now doing a high-end job in the back end of, of uh, um, computers. You know, it was like, yeah, it was an, a total apple and orange yeah. and even, you know, more so. Like a crab apple to, right. you know, a pineapple. <laughs> but, but, and I'm like, just get in, prove yourself, bring value, block them all out. Mm-hmm. And now this person's super successful because of it. Right. But the friends already, I'm like, what do you know? Well, and you can get screwed. Like, I have a story, and I don't know if I've told you guys this before. I have a story where I, in my past job, was like up against this, like I had a dilemma and I was like, couldn't figure it out, but I, I knew the right thing. And it was like doing something and being paid or not being paid for it. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to be paid for it. I'm just going to do it. And I remember I asked a lot of people and they were like, are you kidding me? You got to get paid for this. And I went in there knowing it was the wrong thing and got destroyed, destroyed. And I remember being like, why the F did I Can take I advice from these people? From civilians. From people who, all they met was like, it was like, they came from a kind, good place. Yeah, some will come from the place to protect you, which is commendable, and then others are insecure. Ooh, it was And jealous bad. deep down because they don't have, Yeah, they're too lazy, Yeah, or not brave enough to yeah. go. Will you, would you say that a lot of... Maria's success has come from her relationship with me, Kelsey. Yeah. And Stephen, would yeah, you say that? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, I will tell you, yes. Maria would have had been Maria no matter what. Right. Did I, you know, open the doors and facilitate and manage? Yes. Mm-hmm. But she's a one in a million talent. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if you're if you guys subscribe to that belief, which I think is valid, then I will tell you, Maria worked on my movie for a year and a half for free. And all the friends said that, nope, 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 nope. But it was through that internship with me that I was like, I have to find a way to pay this girl back. I had one of my dearest friends who was working at a place called Channel One. He said, they're looking for hosts. They get about 
you know, they're going through a casting agency. They have 2,000 people. But he goes, but I can sneak her into the top of the pile. And the rest is history. That's crazy. Because she dedicated herself yep. to me. And then, I, of course, I continue to dedicate myself to her yep. for that year. So, um, and for every time that doesn't work out and you get taken advantage of, the chances are you're going to meet the right person who is going to, and you're always going to get something out of this. You're that. always going to get something out of it. So, yeah, that's a big thing is really having a good challenge network and then having, um, like she said, the sounding board. Yep. You know, well, also, Kev, it's like, you know, sometimes it's not even malicious. I think that a lot of times, right. yeah, no. you know, you can trust somebody and they give you advice, but if if their advice was working for them, they wouldn't be in the position they're in. Well, right. right. And like Kevin's saying, they right. are protecting you there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole other yeah. like slew of places it's and, coming and from. And there's a level, and there's a, again, not malicious, but there's an ignorance because they have not had that success. Right. So I'll yeah. always say that to someone too, like, you know, look around. At the person who's advising you, like, right? Do the, you want what they have? Yeah, uh-huh. like maybe, the, maybe this, you know, because I know the people that I go to, um, for moral dilemmas, that's different. I have some other people, but for business stuff, I'm going to people who are super successful yep. in business yep. and super successful. And and if you don't, you know, I think the takeaway here is, if you, uh, amongst all the other takers of Erica, if you don't have those people, find them, mm-hmm. and then there's a whole art to finding them. And maybe it's a regular guy Friday thing. I don't know. Ooh, but like there's that. an art There's an art to finding these people and how to get them in your corner. I would love that on regular yeah. guy Friday. That's yeah. a, that I feel like I'm, I'm good at doing that unconsciously. <laughs> like I, I, for some reason in my life, I'm, I've been very uh, fortunate to be able to pick up mentors pretty well. And, Steven, and point out the people that I'm like, I want to know from that person. I want to know from that person. It might be a male thing, which we can work on. But again, we, you don't, and me, we don't have that awareness. We just do. Mm-hmm. But here's what you are doing that you are aware of. When Marie and I came into Chili's, you were not only a great waiter, but I remember you saying you were even extra like on your toes because Marie mm-hmm. was pretty, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I love. But, <laughs> but anyway, but, but you brought value to Chili's. And then when you came to work for me, you brought value. And you are willing to share your gifts with other people and I know Stephen, he shares them with people who have nothing, and I have him sharing them with people who have a lot. Mm-hmm. And I try to bring in more of the people that have a lot, because I know that they see Stephen go, oh my God, who's this guy, and how do I help him? And now he's picked up other mentors, females and males, um, that are different from me, different perspectives that are really helping him, but you brought value. So there's like really the trick, mm-hmm. is to getting a mentor, is finding a way to bring them value. And that's a mistake a lot of people make. Well, you mentor me. They'll walk up out of nowhere. I'm like, um, Excuse I don't me. have time because I have <laughs> yeah. so many other people. But really, it's when they bring you value. Mm-hmm. Gary V says this too. He's like, the person who is, he's like, the person behind that camera phone that's shooting me right now is learning more from me than my vice president of sales. Oh, yeah. He's like, because they're with me every day, getting information, getting knowledge. But that assistant is doing all the grunt work and, bringing tremendous value mm-hmm. too. So it's, it's bringing that person value. Um, God, I had a mentor once who I think he just offered to drive someone to work for like six months. Wow. He's like, I'll just drive. I just drive. I'll, pay, I'll be your driver. Like, you know, he was fortunate enough, lived at home. So the parents were cool. He was like, I'm in the basement, had enough money saved. I wouldn't Smart. go. De- mm-hmm. And you know what? Like, yeah, he's a super successful guy now. So anyway, awesome. all right. Well, you guys, 
Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric and Ardini. And um, please, guys, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, I think for the value that we bring here, um, our subs are very low. And uh, I want to work on that. I mean, one of our goals is not only to keep the show going in Marie's absence, but to try to build it for her mm -hmm. um, so she can um, have more time to get well. Um, but please, uh, yeah, if you could subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel and tell friends to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's a big thing. I keep forgetting to say at the top. So hopefully you haven't tapped out by now. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. That's right. right. The sun mm -hmm. will come out tomorrow. And uh, it's out. Kels Meyer 22. It's at two. No, no 22, but out you were Kels close. Meyer 2. Hmm. <laughs> at Kels Meyer 2. I know. You have an idea of how to change. You told me. We just didn't talk about it. Yeah, we haven't talked about that in the in the branding journey of, <laughs> of Kelsey Meyer. And, of course, at Stephen the Mew Photo. And uh, you guys, please be sure to check out our regular guy Friday show. Yes. On Fridays. Um, but yeah, until then, uh, what do we say here? Be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Wow, Winnie, did you hear that? Be present. <laughs> I'm to work on that. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.